Live Beat, the home edition with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Pregnancy is such a special time, full of excitement and anticipation. And for many women, it's a journey full of new experiences. For mothers who are now facing the outbreak of the coronavirus, COVID-19, this brings a whole new layer of uncertainty that can increase fear and anxiety, but it really doesn't have to. I spoke to seasoned midwife and parent educator Cecile Descali about what it's like going through pregnancy and birth now during a pandemic and whether pregnant women should be taking extra precautions. She answers all your questions, including whether COVID-19 can be passed on from mum to baby, will you have to give birth alone, and whether you'll be able to breastfeed your baby if you have the virus. Cecile, I mean, obviously, pregnancy and childbirth are very stressful, tumultuous times for women anyway, but now throw COVID-19 into the mix. This has just taken it to a whole new level, really. I mean, how do you manage pregnancy, first of all? Let's deal with that. When you're pregnant right now, there are these pregnant women who are going online and saying, this is very difficult because now the process feels very lonely because we're Mm -hmm. facing social isolation. And this is really the time that you kind of need to be around your support network and tapping into that. So. How has pregnancy right now changed and and how do you prepare in social isolation? I think it's actually quite an exciting time, Sally, to be pregnant, even although, yes, you are correct, it is more lonely. You are kind of more stuck in your home. So a few things that really are important for pregnant women is try to get some exercise, making sure that they're not just sitting down watching television, reading a book all day long or working all day long because unfortunately in the isolation kind of thing what else have we really got to do so we've got to take self-care more importantly than we even used to we have to prioritize it making sure that they are eating well that they're exercising and then i think they've got to join as many groups as possible talking to other women even though it's maybe not like we're talking now face to face even if it is talking on whatsapps on instagram on facebook there are a lot of people doing live on instagram live on facebook to support them and it's getting into these groups going on at these times and then talking to other mothers through that taking time to prepare for the birth because pregnancy may have changed in how you're preparing for it how you're getting there going to your doctor's appointments hasn't changed doing those essential appointments doing those ultrasounds that your doctor's advising and i think that now we're seeing everybody advising what is only truly needed but making sure you're doing that prep absolutely and so it kind of worries women as well who are pregnant they think to themselves you know am i more at risk of contracting COVID-19 because I'm pregnant? What happens if I do contract it? Take us through those kind of concerns. I think we have to consider that pregnancy is already a a high risk time in your life. And I don't mean that to sound scary, but you are at risk for anything that you can contract being more significant. So are pregnant women more likely to contract COVID-19? Actually, no because they are taking care of themselves more than the general mother is. You know, that mom who's tired because she's not sleeping, 
and got two children that she's now trying to homeschool is more at risk because she's not taking as much care of herself. Where the pregnant mother is more conscious of her condition, therefore she is eating well, resting well, hopefully exercising. So whilst everybody's at risk, but they are less likely to have any significant symptoms compared to someone who's not in good health, who's not actually prioritizing their health. If they were symptomatic, this is not something that we have a lot of knowledge on. Unfortunately, there have not been a lot of pregnant women who have contracted this disease or that we're aware of that have contracted this disease. And the few that have, most of the outcomes have been really good. However, taking those precautions of wearing gloves, wearing a mask, especially while you're out, and then once you go into labor, the staff are taking all those precautions to ensure that there is no risk to you and your family. Absolutely. So if a woman tests positive while pregnant, what then? She would be treated exactly the same as any of us. She would be put into isolation, quarantine, and possibly self-isolation if it wasn't too bad. But she would most likely, if there was any cause for concern, be admitted for observation, especially considering that we're dealing with a small baby and we don't have enough knowledge on this. And I think if you're thinking preterm, the doctors would be more likely to admit and observe, where if you're close to term, I'm again wondering if the doctors would not then think you're close, let's induce, let's before this becomes out of hand, have a healthy baby. This, I think, is going to depend on each hospital and each doctor's personal feelings, plus the woman's pregnancy journey. If her pregnancy journey has been all healthy, they may just observe. But if they're concerned, they may choose to do a earlier birth. Mm. And this will have to be carefully considered. And so are there any particular precautions that pregnant women should be taking even more than the general public? No. I think all of us should be wearing masks, wearing gloves, sanitizing, sterilizing whatever we can. And the only sterilization that truly works is either above 70 or 80% alcohol, isopropyl alcohol, which is surgical alcohol, and bleach. Bleach kills quite significantly. So I think especially in your home, making sure when you're bringing products in, you're wiping them down making sure you're not allowing people into your home that could possibly leave behind a a little bit of virus to transmit to you. I do think that every single one of us is doing this. And I think pregnant women again will be even more concerned and more aware of these, you know, making sure that that delivery man puts the parcel down and steps away. Social distancing has definitely proved to be very useful well done to the Dubai or the UAE government in what they're actually doing for us as in making us safe here. Coming up next, prenatal classes. Can you now do these online? And are you on your own when it comes to giving birth during the pandemic? Cecile answers these questions and more next here on Life Beats, the home edition on Pulse95. Pulse95. Life Beats. The Home Edition with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Welcome back to Life Beats and my conversation with baby whisperer Cecile Descali as she takes us through pregnancy and birth during COVID 19. 
Now, prenatal classes when you're pregnant are a great opportunity for both you and your partner to run through things before the baby arrives. But can you now take these classes online? Plus, Cecile answers your questions. Am I on my own when it comes to giving birth? What about the prenatal preparation? Is that now happening online? You know, normally that you go to the classes. So how does it work now? Prenatal online is amazing. We're doing private sessions and they're two hours long each. We're actually talking to parents. And what is so lovely at the moment is we're getting to know them. We're getting to understand their journey and personalizing this. So where the big classes were fun, where the big classes were great because you met another couple, actually these small online personal classes, I think are what you need when you're pregnant. We are also considering doing some group sessions because yes, we do want that personal human touch and that interaction. So we are thinking about having a, a big group session where everybody just gets on and asks questions that is possibly going to happen in a week or so we will invite all our clients that have done a prenatal class just on question answer time but i think there's a lot of online stuff being offered i think everybody has kind of stepped up and is doing an amazing job at supporting women preparing them for their birth we are missing the things like showing them how to do a back stretch we are missing that showing them how to change a diaper on you know, a doll, even though it's not real, it still helps you learn that. And especially the daddies, they have loved the daddy diaper changes. But I have promised everybody, even if they've had a baby, once we can reopen, we'll be doing a big daddy diaper change morning. We might even try to do like a record of how many diapers changed in one room at one time. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it certainly has been amazing and it is very effective teaching online well you know that's good news because people are thinking okay how am i going to prepare for all of this but also in terms of the birth experience now because this is something where you know you need your husband to be there you might want family members or a friend to be there as well but now obviously with social distancing guidelines there are restrictions now on who you can have and women are concerned about having to give birth on their own. So take us through what that looks like right now. I will say to every woman out there, you're never on your own. The midwives will be with you and they are amazing at the support that they provide. Finally, we're actually doing what we are trained to do as midwives. We are supporting women. And, and that's a really big thing for that mother to understand. Husbands in most hospitals are still being allowed into the birth suites, but if they come in, then they're not allowed to go home. And if you have got other children, that might prove a little bit of a problem. For those first time mothers, dad is allowed in with you, as long as I believe he's not symptomatic. Now, if there's any dad out there who is symptomatic, my suggestion would be doing a test prior to the birth as to prove you are negative, because you might just have a simple common cold. Different hospitals are asking moms to do different things. However, the common one is dad can come in, but he may not leave until mom and baby are taken home, which means that they're not alone. But no, you can't have your family. And unfortunately, I think one of the big things for us as expats that we're missing is our mother traveling here after our birth. We don't have that. Now she can't come. We're kind of doing Zoom calls to show her the new baby. But 
for a girl, and Sally, I think you'll agree with me here, when you've had a child, the person you need with you is your mother. And we unfortunately that we can't replace. We would love to think we can replace their mothers by being there to support them. But even as you know, happy as we are to do the support, it's not the same as having that mum to put your head on her shoulder and let her say, can I make you your favorite meal? I think for those mothers out there who's missing their mother at their birth, that is the most difficult thing to deal with. But please know that we will do our best to help you through this time. Oh, you're so right. Absolutely, 100%. You definitely want your mum there to hold your hand and to tell you it's going to be fine. I've been through this before with you and you can do it as well. Yeah, and just that person who you don't even have to say anything to, who if you were a bit upset, you could actually growl at them. And you know what, they'd still love you afterwards. You know, your husband will still growl back, you know, but your mother will (laughs) smile sweetly and give you a hug. So, and say she understands. And afterwards you'll realize that you're gonna be that mother one day and appreciate her more. So true, so true 100%, it is absolutely true. You know, we talked about, okay, in terms of uh, the husband, he should get checked out, make sure that he is not carrying COVID-19. Okay, but what about the mum herself? If she is positive, can she pass it on to the baby? Can she hold her baby? What does that look like? The varying stories come back about whether you can or can't breastfeed through this COVID-19. If you refer to someone like Dr. Jack Newman, who I'm an avid supporter of, he will tell you, of course you can. And I would agree with him and ask, the only thing we would then suggest is, mom needs to wear a mask, that she doesn't cough or breathe onto the baby because the virus is transmitted through coughing, through droplet spread, and that would risk the baby. Baby being with such a new immune system I would perceive to be higher at risk. So can you hold your baby? Yes. With a kind of set of gloves, a mask, not the nicest way you want to meet your newborn, but the safest way at this time. And I would still suggest breastfeeding, even if you choose to isolate from baby between feeds to protect your child, I would still suggest breastfeeding because you are producing those antibodies, that immunity through your breast milk and you're protecting your baby as well that way. Coming up next, Cecile reveals the biggest questions you should be asking, but might be too afraid to do so. That's next year on Life Beats. Keep it on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Life Beats, the home edition with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Welcome back to Life Beats, the home edition. And today I'm with Cecile Descali running through your questions on pregnancy and birth as she shares some of the biggest ones that you should be asking. Go on, don't be shy. What other challenges, Cecile, are there in this very special and difficult time as well? I think one of the biggest challenges, and that's what I'm trying my very best to support mothers with, is that being able to see someone just to ask the silly questions of you know that is my poop normal not your poop as a mum's but the baby's poop is your baby gaining enough weight how do we weigh them without always going out whilst i don't actually like mothers weighing at home i am saying weigh and let me know weigh and 
let me talk you through what that weight loss or gain means and make sure that you and your baby are safe. And then we do live Instagram, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, just for the silly questions, just for mums out there to basically be able to say, is this normal? As everybody knows, I'm always happy on a WhatsApp. As long as I understand a little bit about the baby, I'm always happy to answer those silly questions. We laugh and say, my phone, I accept all pictures, especially poops. I love my poop gallery. So it is something that, you know, when you're a first time mother, you focus on these little things. Yeah, and it's true. The color, the consistency, <laughs> it is crazy. How much? <laughs> How much is coming out? It's so true. But the, I mean, you know, you point to a really uh, crucial thing because normally you'd be going like weekly. I'm trying to think back now, 10 years or bi-weekly to, to get the, the baby weighed to make sure that they're doing well, particularly in those first few weeks. So should you buy a scale for home for your baby? Yeah, unfortunately, I am now saying buy a scale at home where I don't want mothers weighing babies and worrying about the weight loss or weight gain and how much it should be. I am now telling moms that I'm working with, please buy a scale, please weigh your baby and let me know what it is. Because we don't have to watch the baby's weight as much as watch the urine and their stool. But we are a society of numbers. We love to measure numbers. Look at how we're measuring this virus's growth. I think each of us watches that every day to see, are we down, are we up? And that's exactly how a mother watches her baby's weight. So when she doesn't have that ability to watch her baby's weight, then it makes it harder for her to feel secure that what she's doing is correct. So if she buys a scale and we're on a weekly basis, just have a quick WhatsApp, picked up 100 grams, picked up 200 grams, and you can go back with some advice that is immensely important at this moment. Asking those stupid questions, asking someone that you know will give you the right answer is as important. I'm not suggesting that mothers go onto all the mom groups and start posting questions and telling each other what to do. I do watch a lot of the groups and whilst I love the fact that mothers are supporting mothers, this is a very important part of it, but I am going to say, when it comes to things like feeding your baby, their weight gain, their weight loss, their urine, their stool, please make sure that the person you're speaking to has a very sound back knowledge of that, what should be normal for a child. Yeah, they need 100%. to be a professional in that case. And as we know, I mean, these kind of patterns and, and things vary not only from mother to mother and child to child, but from your own, if you've had multiple babies, baby to baby, situations yes. are different. I mean, I can imagine how that would cause further anxiety if you're in a mother's group and you're trying to, you know, you're asking and then you get 600 different opinions back on the same thing. Yes. Yeah, no, keep that down. <laughs> Every one of them is good intention. Yes. Every one of them is trying to make your life easier. But in trying to make your life easier, it can become more confusing. Right, right. So that maybe is actually a very good point as well, is it should be a consistent person, not trying to get three or four people's opinions. Because right. again, I'm going to have a different opinion to one of my colleagues. Exactly. That, so keep it consistent. That, that, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean either's right or wrong. It's just that person, if you're consistent with them, is going to give you appropriate advice. 
Coming up, we talk keeping mental health and anxiety in check in uncertain times and hypnobirthing. That's next here on Pulse95. You're listening to Pulse95. Live Beats, the home edition with Sally Musa, only on Pulse95. I'm Sally Musa and I'm in conversation with Cecile Descali on Life Beats. Here we talk mental health and why hypnobirthing could be just the thing to bring your anxiety levels down. I think what's paramount right now as well, particularly for our expectant mothers, is the mental health as well. Because, you know, we can experience anxiety and sometimes even cases of depression. So in a time like this, Cecile, how should mothers be approaching these kind of things? What is your advice for mothers to keep their anxiety down and to make sure that they're in a in the best mental state possible? I think when it comes to being anxious during pregnancy, this is a normal in any case. And as you've rightly said, Sally, right now, in this isolation lockdown time, it's even higher. So prioritizing self-care making sure that you take time out for yourself. Don't work all day, every day. We can tend to get to a seven day week if we're not very careful. So being pregnant, going to bed about the same time every night, getting up around about the same time every morning, normalizing your life, not allowing this lockdown to mean I sleep until 11 and then I go to bed until two. So normalizing life as much as possible by doing kind of a routine and then making sure as well, anxiety can cause even some mothers to overeat. So yes, have some snacks, but making sure that your diet is as well kind of planned out, prioritized as a very important part of your daytime routine to make sure you have breakfast, lunch and dinner. Of course, have a snack every now and again, but prioritizing the main meals and making your exercise part of your routine. Exercise is extremely good for our mental health. Just getting out and if you can't get out of your home and walk in your garden, even if you're in your apartment, what I've heard of some of the mothers doing is using the steps, going up and down the steps, just you know, close to their apartment. They're not in the public eye. They're not where they could infect somebody else or be infected by somebody else, but they're just walking up and down a set of steps. Because if you come to the time of your birth and you're not still kind of physically active, birth is gonna be harder. So mentally preparing that your birth is going to be under your control as well, that's going to relieve your anxiety. So doing a good online prenatal course and we're even doing hypnobirthing online. And hypnobirthing for your mental health is amazing. Yes, I know some people say, oh no, I don't enjoy meditation. So hypnobirthing isn't truly meditation. We provide you with those online scripts that you can listen to. I do this on a regular basis if I'm a little bit stressed listening to something. You're going to have to explain to us, hang on, because I know I've heard the Duchess of Cambridge talk about hypnobirthing. She spoke about this in one of her interviews. Yes. But what is exactly hypnobirthing and why is this kind of coming up more and more right now? So hypnobirthing is a deep, relaxing state. It is not self-hypnosis as in that you're hypnotized as in that anybody can make you do something you don't want to do, for instance, quack like a duck or anything like that. But what it does is it overrides our logical brain 
and goes into our primitive brain and there it helps us take charge of our emotions, our feelings, even our physical feelings, it helps us control. It is done by inducing self-hypnosis, by using mantras, repetitive scripts that you listen to. It is about teaching you what is normal and then repeating it, doing it over time. Then you play this amazing script in your birth room and you sleep through labor. And that's amazing. You sleep so, through labor. Did you yes. really say that, Cecile Descartes? <laughs> yes. Now, you know, not every mother finds this as successful as that. But a lot of them will say it kept them in that nice, calm void where they actually felt that things around them didn't affect them. One of the things that I actually say in my prenatal cast is how we say things matters. Because your brain thinks something and your body responds. So when we say to you things like your baby is a big baby, that is not meant to be detrimental in any way. But that thought sits in our brain, in our logical brain, and then in birth, when we come to the actual birth and we don't progress as quickly as we feel we should, then that thought comes back and the body says, well, the mind is telling you that it's a big baby. You can't do this. It's the same thing in the simple sentence. If I say to you, are you doing well? And I then say to you, you are doing well. One is a question where you're going to ask yourself and doubt yourself because that's the human nature. And the other one, you are doing well, that builds you up. It's a positive statement. It's a reinforcement building you up. And we just don't realize that we don't say anything with an intention to make you not be built up. But we don't realize that when we say something, we've got to be very careful. And when you've done a course of hypnobirthing, when you've practiced the tools we give you in hypnobirthing, you actually override that logical thinking. So when someone says it's a big baby because you're nice and relaxed, because you know that your body is capable of doing this, your body overrides that, your mind overrides that thought and your body reacts differently. And wow. it's amazing. That, sounds, that does <laughs> um, sound amazing. I have not tried it myself, well, I have to say. So when I first did my first set of hypnobirthing, I thought, this stuff's for the fairies. I don't know why they want to do it. And then I went and retrained and did my second set of hypnobirthing with a different instructor, funny enough, this time. I was flying back and I had to be back in Dubai and be in the office at 10 a.m. And I was arriving at about 5, 6. And I typically don't sleep on board an aircraft. So we get taught a script called Lavender. And the script is titled Lavender. You don't have to use the word Lavender. But Lavender happens to be my favorite scent and it's something that relaxes me. So I thought on board the flight, okay, I'll give this a try. I got on board, settled. I always take an aisle seat because I'm one of those annoying passengers that jump up to the toilet all the time. We were waiting for service. We were a little bit delayed. So I thought, okay, I'll try and see if I can use this lavender and go to sleep. With the course, you've learned to kind of put it in your brain and the little chant is lavender 3210. Lavender 3210. In my mind, 
it wasn't working. And then somebody was shaking my arm. The person said, I'm so sorry, I've got to go to the bathroom. I was like, oh, okay, cool, no problem, we haven't even taken off yet. Well, we had taken off and it was about two o'clock in the morning <laughs> and I'd been asleep. And she came back and I thought, ah, this will never work a second time. This is just a fluke, I was tired. And so I thought, but let's try it, you know, any give a go at anything. So lavender three, two, one, zero, lavender three, two, one, zero. And again, in my mind, I was like, yeah, okay, not working. And the next thing they were putting on the lights and telling us we we're landing and it was six o'clock in the morning. And I was like, okay, this stuff works. <laughs> so I've started to use it personally for myself. I don't think that any mother who truly does it properly will find that her labor is hard unless there is an underlying pathology. That is really interesting. You've just opened up a whole new topic. We, I think we have to do a whole show on hypnobirthing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Cecilia. You've just given us uh, some amazing information. Hopefully it will help a lot of mothers out there who are going through pregnancy and birth at this difficult time to have a more positive and beautiful experience and still enjoy it and to enjoy bonding with their babies. Thank you, Sally. Thank you for inviting me on to do this talk. If you're pregnant and about to go through the birth of your child, let us know your experiences at Pulse95 Radio on Instagram. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.